Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their stories, insights, and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf, the PGA Tour Superstore, Two Wonder, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Superspeed Golf. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro. Good evening, folks, and thank you for coming back and joining me tonight here on Next on the T. I hope you're doing really well and your week is off to a great start. Temperatures are warming up. I actually got out on the range on Sunday and might even get my first round of the year in this Sunday. Really looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Jonesing to play some golf and um, some meaningful golf and let the strokes count. So looking forward to getting out there and and the backspin golf, of course, you know, I have to get my Sunday mornings kicked off with that. So listen to the show and then get out on the golf course. Looking forward to doing that very, very much this weekend. Take my son. Hopefully have a good round. Tonight, I've got three outstanding guests that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. First up is going to be Srixon Cleveland Golf and Zexio Territory Manager Perry French. For those of you who take my advice every Sunday morning and tune into our good friend Matthew Lawrence's show, Backspin Golf, you know Perry French, Matthew's partner during the first segment every week. Perry shares his insights and his playing lessons out there on the show. And looking forward to talking with him and hear about all the great things that they have going on with all three of those brands. Again, Srixon Golf, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio, which is an amazing brand. Great golf balls that uh, I've got sitting here next to me, which we'll talk about. Also, I want to talk about the great seasons some of their players are having out on tour, particularly Keegan Bradley and J.B. Holmes. Get his thoughts on that. Also want to get Perry's insights on the Dell Match Play Tournament, see who he has winning in his brackets. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about the Masters as well. So really looking forward to having Perry with me. He'll join me in just a few minutes. Following him, I'm going to get a return visit from 2013 Senior British Open champion Mark Wiebe. Mark is a great teacher of the game now out at San Jose Country Club in California. So want to spend some time with Mark talking about how we can start off this new golf season, making sure our fundamentals are right. We don't want to start off the season by creating some bad habits. So I want to talk to Mark about that. Also want to talk about having a sound mental approach, even after we've hit a bad shot, right? So how do we make sure that we don't turn bogeys into doubles or triples? So we'll talk about all that and a whole lot more uh, when Mark joins me a little bit later on in this half hour. And then we're going to round out tonight's show with a return visit from top 50 LPGA professional Debbie O'Connell. Debbie is the founder also of Golf Positive, so you know she's going to make sure our minds are right when we're out on the golf course as well. So we'll talk about mental game again with Debbie. She always brings such a positive outlook when she's on the show. Always makes me smile so much my cheeks hurt at the end of her segment. So we'll talk about some of the great things that she's got going on. I also want to talk about how she is bringing more junior golfers and more women into the game of golf. She's got a big event coming up later on this year for the Solheim Cup, so we'll talk about that as well. And uh, I'll probably sneak a couple of playing lessons in from her, maybe the short games and how to hit better chip shots and how to get out of the sand successfully. So really looking forward to having Debbie back on the show. She'll join me about 45 minutes from now. So a lot more great stories and information coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the T. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Before we get started, I always like to remind everyone about our good friend Mitch Lawrence and his podcast called Talking Golf Getaways. He and his co-host, Darren Bunch, they let you know about great places 
to stay, play, and even eat and drink while you're there. Again, their show is called Talking Golf Getaways, and it's moved over to a new site, Golf Trip X, and that's the letter X, which stands for expert. So GolfTripX.com. Go there, check out their show, and learn about some of the hidden gems that we have around the country. And as always, you know, Mitch's twin brother, Matthew, also fantastic. You guys know how much I dig Matthew. He and one of our guests tonight, Perry French. Their show airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time on WLXG ESPN Radio AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. The show is so much fun every week to listen to both of those guys and their banter and the stories that they tell. It's, again, available Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live by going online to WLXG.com or do what I did, which is download the WLXG app. And folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about what they've got going on up there. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play legendary golf this season at French Lick Resort. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place they have up there and to book your stay as well. I also want to tell you about our good friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. Now, folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since maybe the 80s or the 90s, do yourself a favor and get a demo iron from either their Fort Worth PTX or Edge Irons, so go out on the range and compare it to whatever it is you have. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. So no mass production, no shortcuts. Now you can order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. And they're going to build those clubs to your specifications. And best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. Check out their complete line of forged irons and wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories online at BenHoganGolf.com. And please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. They've got their spring collection out now, and it looks absolutely spectacular. Plan ahead for spring and be among the first to sample their happy hour collection. Got my eye on a couple of their great-looking new polos and sweaters. Boy, they're absolutely fantastic. See what I'm talking about by going online to bobbyjones.com. I want to welcome our newest sponsor, Two Under Men's Performance Briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour. Worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, but that's another story. And your girlfriend and her wife is going to love the side effects, a visibly enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact, providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round two under by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market. Use code ONTHET20 to save 20% off your order at twounder.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online and check them out again. It's the number two, UNDR.com. All right, now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Perry French. Perry is the brand territory manager for Strixon, Cleveland, and Zexio Golf. And along with that, he's also the weekly partner with our good friend Matthew Lawrence on their show Backspin Golf, which you guys know 
is one of my all-time favorite shows, my regular weekly Sunday morning, 8.03 a.m. tea time. You can hear Perry sharing his insights, playing lessons, and some advice for Matthew and the rest of us. And again, you can find it online at WLXG.com, and it's on WLXG ESPN Radio in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm very grateful that Perry is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Good evening, Perry. Thanks for coming on the show. Chris, hey, good evening. So, Perry, I got to ask you, first of all, at, at the top, how did, how did you and Matthew get hooked up? You know, Matthew and I have a, have a couple of really close friends in common. And he, when he was at Duke University doing the commentary for the basketball program down there, he came in contact with a good friend of mine from, uh, from Titleist Golf who was a, happened to be a huge Duke fan. And uh, John Priest is his name. And his son, Hutch, would always make a trip over to Durham to catch uh, a couple of either back-to-back weekend games where they could travel, you know, and, and play and play some golf and, and catch a couple of games. And, and when Matthew moved to Lexington, we got hooked up. And uh, after a couple of years of being here, he started the, the, the Backspin Golf Program, and that invited me to be on. And uh, we have been friends and golfing patriots ever since. So had you been doing radio before? Because you're such a natural at it, and you guys have such a great banter with one another. Were you doing that before? No, I have, I have not. Uh, you know, obviously, it's just uh, it's part of being in the golf business. The uh, the talking golf part's pretty natural to me after, uh, you know, just from, from being a kid growing up in golf all my life and being around golf people and, uh, and having uh, the pleasure of working for a couple of major manufacturers. You, you really start understanding what this crazy game is all about from, uh, from club club development all the way to try to play it and i've been a pga pro for 25 years so it's uh it's been in my 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 bloodline all all the way since being a kid so it comes pretty naturally and speaking as you mentioned a moment ago perry you're a pga pro so when you're not on the radio and when you're not out doing stuff with uh with the strixon brands are, are you still giving lessons uh, I do. We, uh, most of my teaching is done, Chris, with uh, within our confines of our, our Cleveland Golf Shore Game clinics. Uh, and I happened to catch your show with uh, Tom Patreon uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and he was talking about how most people don't take the time to practice their short game. And, and Matthew and I, every season, we go through this, uh, you know, two or three, uh, certainly out of the gate, certainly in the springtime, gate of getting people to start thinking about their golf game, but go to practicing your short game first. And, the, and it was great to hear him talk about it, to have another another well-known professional talk about what most people overlook as the easiest way to make your game better. So I do a lot of short game clinics with my accounts. We we introduce the, the players to our product with the, the, the multiple wedges that we offer from the from the Smart Swole Maximum Game Improvement Wedge to, or to our Tour Wedge RTX 4 and to our, our Game Improvement CBX Wedge. So we have great wedges to offer for lots of different skill players but we also give them instruction on how to hit that 15-yard wedge shot or the, the bunker shot or just the chip and run shot. So it's, 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 it's an informative way to learn the game, but also get the right equipment in your hands. And that's, that's what we do a lot of those. That's where most of my teaching is done now uh, at this point. And that's, and that's perfect, Perry, because that's, one of, that's the first thing I, I really wanted to get into with you. Because to your point, Tom Patry has been, you know, banging into my head, you know, for years now. <laughs> short game, short game, short game, right? It's 50 right. yards in, at, at most 90 to 100 yards in. Spend your time there. He doesn't want me, you know, leave your driver at home. You don't need to be taking that thing out to the to the uh, mm-hmm. to the practice range and that sort of thing. Spend your time mm-hmm. where you where you need to, and that's on the short game. So that's where I really wanted to start by talking about 
a lot of the wedges that you guys have, Cleveland Golf, I'm, I've been a huge fan of the Cleveland Golf wedges for, for many, many years mm-hmm. now. When I looked at, at your line, you got the, the RTX4 wedges that won gold out on the Golf Digest hot list this year. Talk about what makes those you know, wedges so good and what we should actually be carrying in our bag. How many wedges do we need? Well, first of all, the RTX 4 wedge is is truly in, in the design and, and how it came to market, a product that is tour-stamped tour and tour-driven by what the best players in the world want in a performance wedge. And a performance wedge is different than the wedge that matches your set in your bag. I know a lot of players buy clubs and they pitching wedge, of course, and then they get a gap wedge and a sand wedge to match. And that's all well and good. But for the best players in the world, they're really trying to dial in how to hit those scoring shots with the most amount of feedback and the most amount of precision and distance control they can get, as well as the correct amount of spin. And I say that correct amount because too much spin's no good, not enough spin's no good either. So they're looking to really dial it in. And what they did with uh, with our tour development players uh, and our tour staff, we, we took them to the range, said, hey, what do you want in the wedge? What do you, how do you want it to look? How do you want it to feel? Even how do you want it to sound? And that may, may seem silly to some of the to lay people out there, but sound is, is, the, is a way best players determine feel. And it's not just how the club face hits the ball. So they, they, they took all these things into, into, into the, the mix and came out with what I believe in the, the eight years I've been selling for the company, the best wedge we've ever designed for the best players in the game. So that was what we did with RTX4. And, and that's the type of thing where those players typically have three to four wedges in the bag. They don't leave that space in the bag that is longer than, you know, maybe 12 to 15 yards separation. They have a, they have a wedge that it hits, they use for specific shots, whether it be that flop shot around the green or that, uh, that 40 yard wedge. And they, they have those clubs in the bag because they're going to be challenged every week and every day they play with executing shots from a lot of different lies and lots of different types of you know, yardages. So it's important for them to have the right tools to hit the type of elevations that they need to create and amount of spin that they need to create. So most players, unfortunately, don't have enough wedges in their bag to make those kind of shots. They kind of take that pitching wedge and they try to use that with by closing it down and making it the bump and run wedge. They try to use a a sand wedge and open it way up and hit a lob. But most players don't have enough practice and skill to be very good. So one of the things we can talk about right there is this, make sure you have more wedges in your bag than, than you do three and four and five irons. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing you probably have to do with most players. <laughs> you know, um, and like you said, with, with going back to Tom, you need to have clubs that let you score better, not getting to the green. And to that end, right. Gapping you sort of alluded to yeah. a minute ago is very important. How do we know, do, do, you know what gapping we need and how many wedges we need in order to fill where we're supposed to be? Yeah, so most players, well, again, we, we have a pitching wedge that matches the set in our bags. Most tour players, however, will pull that pitching wedge out and they'll get a performance wedge with the amount of grooves and, and the design and the feedback that that performance wedge that we offer in RTX4 gives them. So what they'll do is they'll, just, they'll sub out by yardage. So let's just say, for example, you hit your pitching wedge 100 yards in the air, on the fly, as I jokingly say to players, how far would you hit this club if you had to carry water, okay? <laughs> that tells me how far they're comfortable landing the ball in the air. Um, if I get them to give me the right number, then we're gapping from that point. And that means basically going in an increment of about 10 to 12, maybe 15 yards tops between 
that that top end full swing yardage with that pitching wedge and then back to a gap wedge. And it could be, again, depending on what your pitching wedge is. And a lot of players, uh, today's product, the pitching wedge is 44, 45, and, and it might be 46. So you, we try to get about a four to five yard, four to five degree separation in their clubs. So we just stagger it that way and move backwards towards the green that way. Perry, I want to switch it up just a little bit because uh, Zexio mm-hmm. is a brand that I don't think enough people know about. Talk about you know what Zexio is compared to what we have with Strixon in Cleveland. We're uh, we're real fortunate, and I say we as, as I speak about the company, but we have three distinct brands. The Strixon brand has certainly been designed from a product standpoint to target the tour player. The Cleveland Golf brand has been designed to target the average avid golfer looking to for great product at a great price for game improvement and game enhancement. And that's just to fit the way players, what they need in the way of, you know, forgiving products. Best players want that feedback and they want to be able to control all those different variables and get that feedback from the club. Zexio kind of takes those two things and turns the market upside down. We use Zexio brand and it's been, it's been created. It's in its 20th year now. It's the number one selling product in Japan for the last 17 years. And this brand was spawned by the fact that Strixon was the distributor for Callaway Golf back in the 90s. And that Callaway contract for distribution came to end in the late 90s. So they decided they needed to build a brand to target that market player that they were selling to, to deliver a product that would perform it for what those skilled players were. And most of those players were the average golfer who was losing club head speed and didn't have enough launch to really perform as well as they could. And they just took everything and said, we're going to, no holds barred, build the best equipment with the best materials and target that player with less than 95 miles an hour club head speed. That is by far and away the largest part of the golfing market in today's world, across the world, not just here in the United States. Most players don't have 95 miles an hour of driver speed at, at, at you know, a club head speed. So Zexio started this this 20-year voyage and basically continued to build and, and manufacture product that just performs ultra-light weights. We're talking shaft weights, shaft weights, Chris, that are, are 36 grams, 42 oh my. grams. These are weights that are uh, unbelievable to the marketplace. Clubs that weigh 250 total grams of dead weight, or if you will, just total weight, uh, compared to where most companies, whether you put a, a, a soft graphite A-flex Ladies Flex, they weigh about 320 grams. So it's almost a 25% lighter weight golf club. That weight alone helps players do two things. Swing it faster. We know if you can swing it faster and make better, and make better contact, the ball's going to go further. So most players are challenged by as they get older and they lose speed, they lose the ability to retain shaft, um, shaft load and shaft bend and energy. Uh, the, the design of the, of the Zexio brand is to create a shaft that actually retains shaft bend and shaft load so that you're not losing that power as it comes into the ball. It, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's tr- technology at its finest. I've, I've, I've seen it firsthand where players who, who typically with their current driver are hitting at 180 yards in the air. Uh, this is a player who drives it with about 85 miles an hour club head speed. Um, so they're 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 not having a hard, fun time playing those par fours at you know 375 yards. It's a long hole, and that's they're not getting out there very far with roll and all that. So 
When we put this driver in their hand with this lightweight technology and all of a sudden the ball travels 208 yards in the air with, you know, with lower spin and rolls out about to 220, their golf game's changed. Okay. I hadn't done anything but give this player the better, um, I haven't changed their swing an inch. Okay. Uh, just give them the yeah. that let them retain more energy. Uh, and to couple that, we, we developed a golf ball right alongside that that you have on your desk there. And hopefully you'll give me some feedback once you get a chance to play. But it's it's a low compression, soft, soft golf ball by feel. Okay, and I don't mean by the way it mushes. It, it allows that player with that club hit speed to maximize launch conditions with the initial velocity the golf ball launches off the off the, the impact and how it spins. And of course, feel is important in a golf ball, just like it is uh, with golf clubs. And that's that those two things combined really give players an enhanced performance. And um, quite frankly, we're seeing a, a really significant uh, domino effect here in the States. It's been three years now. And uh, as Exio brand, uh, as you may have seen, we've got some nice advertising with the Big Easy talking about the product and basically just talking. It's not, not so much talking, but it's a brand experience. And he is, uh, he's, a, he's not who player the product's for, but the Big Easy is a lifestyle guy. He swings it easy. And the, and the tagline is, Easier swing, easier path to better golf. And, and if players experience Dixio at their clubs or at the course where they play, man, it's going to be, uh, it, it could really change their game. So there's a lot there to digest, and there are a couple of things that I <laughs> want to uh, expand on. So first of all, you've got the Zexio X and the Zexio Prime irons, and both look absolutely Correct. spectacular. I know the, the X got the, the gold standard by uh, Golf Digest on their mm -hmm. hot list. So talk about mm -hmm. what's the difference between the X and the Prime. Okay, so so you and I go play golf, and uh, we're both we're both 90 mile an hour driver speed players. Okay, we both yep. if you put us on a, a launch monitor, we both hit with the ball. Our clip hit speed is 90 miles an hour. Your golf swing though is very much a long and surfy golf swing. We'll call it a, a Sam Snead style golf swing, right? Yeah, fluid flowing. We just wish we hit it as square as Sam did, right? So then we go to <laughs> then we go to the, the the next player, my my swing, who's a, my ex hockey player. Me, I'm a short back swing. I'm real quick in transition, and I kind of slap at it, right? There's your difference. How the shaft is loaded, how the shaft is returned to the golf to the ball. The prime series is for players with the slow syrupy swings, i.e., the big easy. The Zexio yep. 10, or X as you called it, um, is designed for players with a little quicker transition. So the shaft profile is a little different. Uh, it's not quite as uh, soft from from tip to, to butt. It's a little bit lighter. It's 36 grams compared to 44. doesn't sound like much, but it, it definitely transitions difference in how the player uh, loads and unloads the shaft. And it helps with the player's ability to return the club squarely with less dispersion. So we're trying to match up this player's profile by how they swing the golf club and the tag I use when I'm fitting players. It's, it's not how fast you swing it. It's how you swing it fast. And, and there's, there's where, where those two products are different. We also have a ladies version. Certainly ladies. The one thing that's great about Zexio is it fits all lady players from the ladiest golfer who's uh, getting into golf for the first time and, or has been playing golf and hits it 165, 70 yards 
Ladies XCO is a great product. It's easier to swing, but they can move all the way up to the club champion lady player who's been playing a, a men's senior club uh, at her, in, in her hands from any of the other brands. And this, the men's uh, Zexio 10 or the, or the Prime would work perfectly for them. So it's how that player swings the golf club. All right, so let's let's talk about the golf ball now. And I had heard Matthew talking, uh, you know, on your show about uh, you know how beautiful a golf ball it is, and <laughs> and you know how nervous he is about you know potentially losing one and showing it to people, but not letting anybody hold it or touch it or do that sort of thing. <laughs> and then, and I thought that's that's crazy. That's Matthew being crazy. And then I got a yeah. dozen. You said you were kind enough to to, to send me a dozen, yeah. and I'm sitting here looking at it as we speak. It's a beautiful golf ball. It's different looking than anything I've ever seen. Talk about the Zexio golf ball. Sure. It, it, and again, that's part of the brand, the brand mystique, but also the the brand presence. And so what you've got is you have what they call the, the Zexio Platinum and the Zexio Gold. Okay. That's the two different golf balls. They are, they are essentially the same exact golf ball, Chris. There, there's no difference in either one's design. The, the, the coloration, the box presentation is for those players who like to look at something with a platinum finish and some who like to look with a gold finish. Okay. That's really the difference on the, on the visual, but it's very glittery. It's very cool looking. Um, and it does have a, a unique appearance when you, when you put it out in, hold it in your hand, pull, pull it out of the box. But the key guts of that golf ball are three things. The first thing is the core and how it's designed. Again, we're targeting players with slower to mid to, to mid club head speed. So we want a golf ball that responds to how they strike the ball. So it's a lower compression ball. There's no real number that's been assigned to it. It's just in a it's a factor of compression that lets that player match up their club head speed the best and, and we know it what it fits between I'll say seventy and eighty five to ninety miles an hour driver speed. Second piece of it is the uh, is is what is the cover, right? It's a it's a cover that has to feel good and perform with enough spin, but not too much where it robs players of distance. So it's a blended cover. It's a blended cover of urethane and other polymers that make it a very soft sounding golf ball, but also a very playable golf ball when you strike it with your driver. It doesn't spin too much. Uh, a lot of players. Um, suffer from what I call the plop shot. That's P-L-O-P. Um, that's where the driver goes out and hits the ground and goes plop, right? Doesn't doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> and that's because the, the driver is spinning too much, right? It's it's the flop shot reversed. So what we have to do when you're, we put a golf ball on, your, on the tee is we have to have the spin enough to hold it in flight because not enough spin the ball falls out of the sky, right? And if it has uh, too much spin, it balloons up in the air and it falls short and doesn't roll. So We've designed this golf ball with enough cover and then, then the unique dimple pattern that we put on it that will hold its trajectory based on that speed. I always go back to the speed because a 75-mile-an-hour driver's speed doesn't deliver the, the initial trajectory and velocity that a player with, with 100 miles or certainly a tour player at 120 to 25 miles an hour driver's speed. So if players can put that in their head, how you strike that golf ball with that initial speed it will affect what initially happens with launch and spin, and those two things right there determine your success rate with distance and maximizing that golf ball's performance. So it feels good, it looks good, it sounds good, and around the green, it just you know, it just puts as it's puts like a like a tour golf ball. So it's a pretty unique combination that's well planned out. 
and reasonably priced. And at sixty bucks a dozen, it's not cheap, right? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. But you know, the, you talked about the cover. I mean, it's it's sort of glittery, right? I mean, what's what, yeah, what no, what's in the cover of the golf ball? Well, okay. The first part of the uh, in the cover, great great question. They use a bit of titanium. Titanium helps keep the golf ball whiter. So it's an infused with. It's just a titanium powder that's uh, mixed in with the blended uh, with the urethane blend, and it makes it whiter. So it has a bright white appearance and will not dull after you use it a few times. A lot of golf balls have a tendency to kind of go a kind of an ashen color, a little light or maybe a light gray, um, if you've ever noticed that. So we put titanium in the golf ball to retain its bright whiteness. And then the, the, the covering, the wood is the gold and the, and the platinum the lettering, and of course the numerals, um, is just that. It's just, it's a, it's an infused paint job. <laughs> it's the high-end paint <laughs> job that, the, that you see in the, <laughs> the car walking, driving down the street, right? It's just got, it's just got some extra materials in there that make that glitter come out. And um, it doesn't wear out. It doesn't like you would hit it and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to knock the paint off the golf ball. You'd like to think you were if you're hitting a big drive, but that's not the story. You just, the paint's going to stay on. It's very cool looking, uh, but it's just a really neat presentation, mostly. Yes, it <laughs> is. And that absolutely looks fantastic. I can't wait to get it out there. Perry, just a couple more before I let you go. And, yeah. and first, sure. now, I, 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 need, I need some help from you because I plan on seeing Matthew sometime this yep. summer. So I got to get some advice from you. What's his game really like and how can I get in his head? Because I think right now I need at well, least two strokes aside from him. Matthew's, uh, he's got a, a long surfy swing that is definitely, uh, you know, he, he definitely is, is a, a tempo driven player. So when he gets off tempo, he can become a little, he can become a little rattled. And, the, and that's probably Matthew's biggest downfall is because he is, his fuse is as short as the cannonballs, okay? He, <laughs> he, he literally, he, he literally, you know, if he gets going Good sideways, it's going to, I've always worked on Matthew about trying to just say, look at, you know, don't get so excited. He's, you know, he's a, he's a native New Yorker. He's a Brooklynese or something. He's a, he's a, he's a tight wire guy. And he's, uh, he takes his golf very seriously. So you got to make sure you just kind of, you don't want to jab him because he, he'll, he'll take that as that'll give him the fuel to be more control, you know, more, uh, focused, right? He doesn't want that. You let it, let him go and he'll, he'll, that fuse will get lit at some point in time. And then from once he wants the fuse is lit, forget about it. Okay. Yeah. He's got a pretty, He's got a pretty consistent game. He's not terribly long anymore, but and he used to play a lot of golf and played good golf back, you know, back in the day, as we say. But he uh, he is a fun guy to play golf with. Um, and when you come to town, I want to I want to I want to know so I can, a worst case scenario, I can get in a cart and bits as you guys play around the golf together. But uh, <laughs> it, it's worth it'll be worth a watch because uh, he because uh, he's fun to play golf with. And uh, like I said, you just got to watch out. He kind of he kind of lets us let just let him go. Don't. You don't don't egg them on because it'll happen at some point in time. You know how golf is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, crazy. So I got to get you, I got to get your advice on a couple of tournaments coming up. I know you got uh, you know several yeah. of your players, the Strixon players. So first of all, in the yeah. match play, in the Dell match play, who do you like? Because oh. um, and people, I'm starting to read Shane Lowry's sort of a sexy pick to come out of his group, and then then of course you got uh, Hideki in the same group with Dustin Johnson. Yeah. So who do you like? You no. Know, well, we're we're in, we're enjoying a pretty good year uh, early out. Hideki had a great weekend last uh, at the Players and, and you know 1100 par two rounds. 
but it, Chris, it's match play. Oh my gosh. And it's match play with, with, within the pods, if you will. And, yeah. you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can get at least one of our top guys out of their pods. Uh, they're all, the draws are, yeah, I've looked at it and, you know, for me to pick somebody, I'm going to go with Natsuyama just because I think he's got enough game to where he's, if you've watched him play, he's, he's a, he's a streaky player, right? So he can, he might not play well for three or four holes and, you know, and I, all of a sudden he can turn it on and, and get it going. And in a match play, you got to be resilient that way. You kind of, it's only, you know, you don't have to be worrying about making, you know, uh, making a bunch of pars. You got to make birdies in match play. And I like Hideki's chances of doing that. Uh, he would be my, my odds on pick from a, from a Shrixon guy that could show up and, and it'd be fun to see him. Uh, he's back in form. He's been healthy. So that's a good. So take that a week further out and we've got the masters right there oh, on the horizon. Uh, do you like him there as well? Or do you like at Augusta? Boy, I tell you what, you know, certainly you would think there'd be some momentum to grab, but uh, you know, I, I think from, from what guys are going to play, I'll be, I'm going to look forward to seeing Keegan Bradley play is playing his best golf right now since he won the PGA really has. It's been his best six months, eight months of golf. Um, I think he would be probably the top Strixon player coming into going, you know, that'll come out of the week of the Masters. Um, wouldn't that be crazy if he were to pull off a win? But I, I don't know. It, it certainly from a all-around game, Matsuyama certainly seems to have all the tools, but uh, his putter lets him down. And if the Masters, whoo, boy, the putter is, is, is king. And, and I think that's but will probably hold Hideki back is is uh, getting a little bit uh, uh, either too bold with the putter or getting gun shy, and I don't know if he can uh, he can put those greens as well. But uh, I'm going to go with Keegan to play the best of the Masters, and uh, I don't know if he can put a green jacket on, but that'd be fun to watch. Perry, before we let you go, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you and the brand are doing, either online or on social media. Yeah, it's it's certainly it's, it's easy. It's www.clevelandgolf.com, www.strixongolf.com, and then it's xio xxio.usa.com. So uh, those are both the three ways to get the most information about the brands. Uh, if you're looking to try the product out, there's you're going to find uh, the nearest facility and event taking place that you could attend on on those three sites. Uh, and certainly at your local golf course is another best way to figure out what uh, where is the chance to try those products out. And that's uh, that would be my best guess to help people uh, find the way to our brands. Well, Perry, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come over and uh, and be a part of the show. I hope you'll come back and share more of your stories and insights with us. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface, and I'd sure like to get more time with you. But uh, I really appreciate the fact that you were here tonight. Chris, my pleasure. Look forward to it anytime. Be well. Perry, say hi, to, say hi to Matthew for me. I'll be listening on Sunday morning. I appreciate you. Will we'll do. Thanks, my friend. All right. Take care, Perry. Take- that is the great Perry French. And like I say, you can hear him every Sunday morning in the first segment of the show with Matthew on BackspinGolfWLXG.com. Download the WLXG app. A lot of great stuff. I'm telling you, folks, you got to go check out that Zexio golf ball. That is absolutely outstanding. And then uh, take a look at their irons and their drivers as well. It's a it's an interesting brand, and they're doing great stuff. And think about that, a, you know, a third less weight in their in their irons and in their drivers, and that, what that'll do for your swing speed and that sort of thing. Looking forward to checking those out as well. And obviously, 
getting Perry back on the show again real soon. I've, I've got my next guest, Mark Wiebe, hanging on the line. Before we get to Mark Door. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back in making his sixth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is 2013 Senior Open Champion and now one of the top instructors in the game, and that's Mark Wiebe. Let me remind you a little bit about Mark's background. He's from Seaside, Oregon, and grew up in Escondido, California. Played his college golf at Palomar Junior College and then transferred over to San Jose State. But while at Palomar, he was the individual medalist at the 1977 California Amateur. And he won the 1977 Idaho Amateur as well. He was named a second-team All-American in 1979 at San Jose State. And that season, he and Don Levin won the Silverado Invitational in Napa, California. He turned pro in 1980 and started out on the PGA Tour in 1983. His first career win came at the 85 Anheuser-Busch Classic when he beat John Mahaffey with a birdie on the first playoff hole. He won again the following year at the 86 Hardy's Golf Classic by one shot over Kurt Byram, thanks to a birdie on 17 during the final round. Mark matched Bobby Watkins' record for being the youngest winner out on the Champions Tour at 50 years and 10 days old when he won at the SAS Championship. 2013, like I say, he won the Senior Open Championship at Royal Brookdale. He defeated Bernhard Langer on the fifth playoff hole to capture that Senior Major Championship with the final round, 66. Later in 2013, he captured the Pacific Links Hawaii Championship again in a playoff over Corey Pavin. In all, he's won eight times as a professional, twice on the PGA Tour, five times on the Champions Tour and uh, the 1986 Colorado Open as well. He is now the Director of Instruction at San Jose Country Club in San Jose, California. And I'm thrilled he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. How are you, buddy? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you? How's how's the beginning of golf season out in San Jose? Well, I will tell you, I think people out here are a little bit antsy. We've had a whole bunch of rain, and uh, it's really curtailed the springtime uh, onslaught of golf that people usually get into and with spring break coming up for a lot of the kids, uh, it's been raining. So everybody's kind of grumpy, uh, walking around in rain gear and sweaters and hats. And, uh, so I think that NorCal would love to see a little bit of sun here soon. I'll tell you what, Mark, it, it's, it's very similar here in Atlanta. We've had a ton of rain. So it's been difficult to get out on on the onto the course at all, and even trying to get out on the range. So, which is a perfect way for us to get started, because the what I wanted to ask you about to, to kick off our segment is fundamentals. Right now, we're if if we haven't had an opportunity to play much golf or to swing because we haven't been able to get outside, whether it's due to rain or cold or what have you, how do we make sure that we get started back with the right fundamentals and we're not out there creating bad habits that uh, we're going to have to work ourselves back out of? Well, you know, to me, there's just, I just have three basic fundamentals. So that that's good because I'm keeping the number down so I don't get lost in it. But uh, for most people, you know, the grip, uh, your alignment, and your posture are kind of the basic fundamentals you need to have in golf, uh, no matter what level you are. I know that uh, 
when I played the tour uh, and and the Champions Tour as well, when you took time off, uh, especially when you play a lot of golf, you, you really do take time off. You don't take time off in golf. You get away from it. Um, so you, when you come back after, I don't know, two or three weeks or maybe more in some cases, you know, it's not like you're, you've lost your, your swing or anything, but you do go back to your checkpoints and, you know, obviously holding the club correctly and having your, your grip, you've been doing it for a while. So holding on to the club correctly and then you need to know where you're aiming. So you got to point your body in the right direction and then have the right, uh, correct posture to support your movement or your golf swing. So, um, I keep that short. I don't know if anybody has more than that, but, uh, you know, I think that when you, when you've had this break and you go back out, um, those are the three checkpoints that I, I do personally. And I also encourage with all the people that I'm helping with, uh, golf lessons. And Mark, when we first go back out, right, before we are playing, whether it's our first round of the season or really any time before we actually go out and tee it up on the first tee, how do you teach your students to get ready and to warm up and be prepared? How much time should we really take out on the range? And what are the things that we should do in order to make sure that we're ready to play our best round of golf? Well, you know, everybody's different. Now, I hate to categorize everyone in the same boat. Uh, you know, some people need uh for instance with Craig Stadler, if if Craig came out sooner than twenty five minutes before his tea time and we all thought he was sick or something was wrong with him because he just didn't want to be out there. He was uh he would get bored. And uh, and so he needed a short amount of time and then of course you'd have someone along the lines of a David Frost or uh other other buddies of mine that, that needed a full you know, two hours, hour and a half, uh, to get everything, you know, they go through all their checkpoints before they, uh, start their game. So, uh, you know, that's hard to, to just generalize just one time. I, I think the best thing to do is to be, you know, stretched and flexible. And when you do go out, so you're, you're ready to go physically as far as stretching and, and, uh, and not worrying about how many swings you've made. So, you don't have to go make swings to become loose. You've already stretched and you're loose. I think is a key before you go outside. Uh, and then I, I think, again, I hate to avoid your question. Everybody's so different. You know, personally, uh, I, I hit so many wedge shots when I warmed up that that was kind of the bulk of my warm-up session before I played was sand wedges and pitching wedges. Uh, maybe 30 or 40 balls, and then I moved right on and threw my bag quickly, you know, short iron, seven iron, uh, maybe a mid iron, and then on to three wooden driver. And all of these were one or two balls each because by the time I was done with my wedges, I was ready to go. Uh, and also weather is a big dictator on how much time you get. Obviously, if it's cold, you're going to need a little extra time not only to get loose, but to kind of get your body prepared for what the weather is going to be when you play. Um, obviously, if it's warm, you don't need as much time. Um, you're ready to go. You're, you know, by the time you've stretched, you're kind of ready to go. So uh, everybody's a little different. I, I mean, I don't rush stuff. Uh, I, you know, there's times that 
you go out to hit balls and people get panicky if they don't hit it just right on the range before they play. And it really, it depends on what you take out of your range session. But if you're going out before you play to warm up, then it's actually just warming up. It's not really working on your golf swing and making sure things are aligned correctly as far as uh, all the things you're working on that particular time. I think that the range is for work, the golf course is for play. And to take that a step further, Mark, when, when you're doing a playing lesson with one of your students, talk about what you're looking for and do you do you get into the mental side of the game, you know, whether it's decision making, whether it's frustration and stress, how do you do a playing lesson when you're out watching one of your students? Well, I mean, that's a great question. I I mean, I'm totally uh watching their mental side. And not so much are they positive or negative, but what are they thinking? Are they wasting thoughts with, uh, for instance, well, the last time I hit a driver, I left it right. Should I aim more left? You know, any thoughts of his, history, um, I try to get out of their heads. So I'm really looking for someone that is trying to, and I'm trying to help with them manage their game. But not only that, but uh, I've, I have course management, and then there's game management. And course management is how you would play a golf course, how it sets up for you. You know, are you a left to right or are you a right to left? Or do you want to hit it low that week or high? Is it wet or hard? Is it a rough penal? Is it not penal? So that's you're kind of preparing your way around to play a golf course. There's game management, and that is when you hear Tiger a lot saying he didn't have his A game today. Uh, not many guys have their A game when they play. You know, I'll take a B game any day because it's not bad. So, but you have to know when you're right on the button hitting the ball and when you're kind of miss hitting the ball and it may be going a half a club short. So that's game management. So I'm, when I'm working, especially with the juniors, I'm trying to get them to think their way around the golf course and not give in to the, oh, well, I'm not hitting it good today. I probably won't have a good score. I would rather say, oh, and I may not be hitting it that well, but what a challenge this is. I have a great opportunity to have a low score when I'm not even on my game. So that's kind of what I think is where, in fact, not just me, but most guys that have played the tour, you know, you have to become that way to be successful. And I'm trying to share as much of that knowledge as I can with my juniors to hopefully have them so they can have a shorter road to success and maybe learn some things uh, without having to actually go through them and experience them, experience them in them firsthand, I can maybe help them bypass a couple obstacles. And, Mark, as you talk about thought process and, and managing our games, when, when you're watching a player out there on, on, the, uh, on the course, when we, maybe we hit a bad shot into the trees or we've hit it into a thicker rough. And sometimes in our minds, we're all better than we really are, right? We're going to pull off that hero shot. I'm going to take it in this tree and I'm going to slice it around this tree and I'm going to make it go on the green and I'm going to pull off, you know, a par. How do you get your, your players to, you know, okay, hang, hang on a second. Let's take, let's not turn, you know, a bogey into what could be a double or a triple. How do you get them to kind of really think their way around? Sometimes you got to take your medicine. Just take a bogey. Let's not walk out of here with triple. 
Yes. Well, you know, I'm out when I'm out with them, I'm trying to explain to them their options. And I'm letting them know that in a round of golf, the object is to shoot the lowest. So is the lowest, how much is that risk reward, the shot you're in, you're trying to hit through this little thicket of trees, is it worth that or is it not? And I, I think if you're playing, uh, if you're playing golf, well, not just for a living, but if you're playing golf where your score means something, then to me, I like playing the percentages. I get, I'm trying to get the juniors I work with to be so good with their wedge games that it's not a big deal to get it back and play and have a wedge into a green and probably have, if you get really good and with your wedge game, probably have a pretty short putt at par. And sometimes, in fact, even hitting it up there close where you can go tap in. So I'm trying to get them to do that, but I will tell you I think the best teacher of that is to take that one chance and have it not pay off because it doesn't pay off because that's why it's a risk-reward. And you you find yourself with that triple or making a nine on a par five may be the best lesson you can get. Because once you do that once or twice, you realize, you know, you're blowing three and four shots at a time doing making these decisions. So the 78s turn into 73s, the 73s turn into 67s, and that's how you shoot lower. So I'm, I, I try to impress them that this is kind of, here are your options. This one probably has a higher percentage to make par or bogey. This one has a percentage to possibly make a birdie if you hit it on the green from here through the trees and over the water and not buried in the lip of that bunker. You might be, you know, you might be able to, but I, you know, there's also some about it, uh, one of the juniors that likes to give it a run. I think, you know, there's a fine line between aggressive and just maybe not making a smart decision. Mark, just a couple more before I let you go and, and let's, you know, kind of now finish up our round. If, if we're coming down the stretch and you've done this, uh, you know, a bunch of times where you've had an opportunity to win and you've pulled it off, how do you get your students to mentally prepare for, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but now we're coming down the stretch and let's stay in the moment and not, you know, kind of, you know, Hey, one hand on the trophy, but you still got golf to play. How do you keep them in the moment and not let them either be, be overcome by the thought of winning or be beaten down by the stress of trying to win? Right. Well, this is something that I think you need to practice. And my examples to my juniors are, you know, if you're, if you're not doing very well out of the bunkers, you go practice bunker shots. If you're not driving the ball very well with your driver, you go to the range and practice your driver. Same thing with putting. You go practice your putting. So if you want to work on being in the present and working on your mental frame of mind while you play, then you need to practice that as well. So when you're out and you think there, there are times you go out and you're just playing with your buddies and everything's cool, uh, but there are times that I think when you go out and you're playing with your buddies or you're playing by yourself or you're tournament or whatever, you need to practice those mental 
being in the moment times because it, you never, it seems like there's never success looking in the past or looking too far ahead. And if you watch, I, I mean, I, I'm always using the tour players. Those players stay in the moment. So they're never, uh, and I think the guys that don't or the girls that don't probably don't have as much success because it's just a hindrance uh, more than it's an advantage. So I'm, I'm constantly talking to my kids about, you know, I don't care what you stand, and I, and I use myself an ex- as an example. I don't care what shot this is in the hole I'm playing. It doesn't matter if it's my second shot or fourth shot or sixth shot. It doesn't matter. I'm still trying to hit this shot right now. So take the number away. Take the outcome away. Be in the present. Execute what we practiced on the range for countless hours. This is what we're doing. We're trying to create this time that you can rely on your routine, your thought process, your course management, your preparation that you've made, and you get to trust that and see what happens. And if it, if you're pulling that off, that means your trust factor kind of fires up and gets high, and that's great. That's the direction we want to go. But as long as we're all staying in the moment, in the present, and not getting outside of our little bubble of right now. Mark, for those who are now, you've wet their whistle for a boy, I really wish Mark Weeby was my instructor. How can they stay up to date with all the things you're doing, and uh, whether that's uh, following you on social media or reaching out to try to get a lesson? Well, let me see. Uh, my website is pretty easy. It's markweebygolf.com. Uh, you just kind of spell my last name right. That's all. Uh, W-I-E-B-E. Um, that kind of takes you wherever you need to be. I got my email on that. I have my, uh, connection to San Jose, uh, Country Club's website. Um, you can book lessons online with me. You don't have to email me. You can just go on to book now on my website and, uh, and look at my schedule and book your lesson. Uh, we have a new junior program that's been fantastic. It's called Inside the Ropes. And um, trying to teach the kid what the kids what really happens inside the ropes, not not a pretender, just a contender. So trying to let them know the thought process, the course management things, everything you need to know to get to that next level is what we're trying to share. So lots of stuff going on at San Jose Country Club, and uh, excited for this spring and summer. Well, Mark, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. Always enjoyed the segment when you're a part of it. I hope you'll come back and share more of your stories and insights with us real soon. You're fantastic, my friend. You're great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I I always enjoy it. Mark, take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, buddy. See you, Mark. See you later. That is the great Mark Wiebe, markwiebegolf.com, and follow him on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. What a great guy. Great great stories, great lessons, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his playing days the next time he comes back on the show. But always enjoy, Mark. Looking forward to that very much. All right, before I get to my next guest, Debbie O'Connell, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors. First, Super Speed Golf. Now used by over half of the tour players around the world, Super Speed is the fastest and most effective way to increase your swing speed. Three eight-minute training sessions per week are all you need to see a 5% increase in that swing speed. 
and with sets for golfers of all ages and over one year of included video instruction as well, Superspeed offers a complete solution to help you start bombing it off the tee. Visit them online at superspeedgolf.com to pick up your set today. And folks, well, TaylorMade has done it again, and the all-new TaylorMade M5 and M6 drivers have arrived, and what a story. They feature both speed-injected twist face, and what a wonderful look and feel as well. Created through a revolutionary manufacturing process where every single head, and I do mean every single head, is injected and calibrated to the threshold of the legal limit. Basically, every head now is tour spicy. Speed for all of us. Now available by going online to tailormadegolf.com or visiting our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is one of my all-time favorite guests, and not only just because of her golf knowledge, but just what a wonderful individual she is as well, and that is Debbie O'Connell. Let me remind you a little bit about Debbie's background. She is an LPGA Class A teaching professional and club professional as well. In 2002, she was named the LPGA National Professional of the Year and the LPGA Southeast Section Professional of the Year as well. 2004, her high school alma mater, Ridgewood High up in New Jersey, inducted, in, inducted her into their Athletic Hall of Fame. 2007, she won the inaugural Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award, which is given annually to the person who emulates the qualities valued by Nancy, which are leadership, passion, giving, and approachability. In 2008 and 2009, she was named a top 50 instructor by the LPGA. In 2010 and again in 2012, she was recognized by Golf Digest as one of the top 50 female teachers in America. 2016, she was named a Northeast Section Teacher of the Year. She's also a media pro, having done uh, stints with the Ladies uh, Links 4 magazine and on the LPGA uh, website as well, lpga.com. She hosted her own show, the Debbie O'Connell Radio Show, for a decade and Par for the Course TV show as well. She is also the founder of Golf Positive, which offers multimedia golf tips and articles to enhance both your golf game and your life as well. She's written a book titled Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. And tonight's sort of a milestone for her here on the show. This is her 10th appearance with me, and I couldn't be more grateful to have <laughs> Debbie as a part of the show. Hey, Debbie, how are you, my friend? Oh, Curtis, thank you for that amazing introduction. I can't believe it. Ten times, really? Yeah, ten times. I'm honored and privileged oh, to be able to fun. say that. Thank you so much for enduring me ten times. Or nine oh, going on. I time. love it every time, Chris. You are amazing, and you ask just incredible questions that help your audience and, and your enthusiasm about the game and your and your audience and the people that uh, who learn and grow from from your show. You're you're just awesome. I love to spend the time with you. Well, I appreciate that very very much. So, Debbie, tell me about you. I was I was all hyped because uh, you had some lofty goals for your golf game this year and got sidetracked a little bit by an injury. <laughs> How you doing? You okay? Yes, I am. I'm emotionally okay. I'm focused on getting better. What What happened, I actually had some neck pain going on, and I, had, I found out I had a lot of things going on in my neck. And this one particular day, I was at the orthopedic, and I said to him, I said, you know, when I play golf, you know, like late in the round or if I play multiple days, I really get tight and sore in my lower left back. And that's happened for years. And then I said, sometimes I get pain in my groin. I said, but that, that left side, like I'm always stretching my hip and stretching my lower back, and it always gets tight as the round goes on or the, the tournament goes on, either one. But anytime I was playing multiple days, it really got sore on me. And he, he, he kind of did his own exam, and he said, you know what, Debbie, let's do an x-ray. 
And now I had been really training to get ready to qualify for the U.S. Women's Senior Open. I was excited. I was working on my game. I was taking lessons from another uh, guest of yours who comes on your show often, Tom Patry. So I was making trips to Florida from New Jersey. I was signing up for tournaments. And I played in two tournaments. The second one I ended up withdrawing from. But every round I played, it got worse because I just, I couldn't physically really turn my body anymore. So he says, you know, take, let's take an x-ray. And um, and he looks at it and he said, let's, do you mind doing an MRI? We really need to do an MRI. He saw like a little bone spur that was on the femur. And then um, we did the MRI to find out I have a tear of my labrum in my left mm. hip, which was causing, which was interesting because my hip never really bothered me, but it was the groin and the left lower back. And uh, so I'm actually having surgery on April 9th to repair it and uh, and shave down that bone spur. So that pretty much derails me from golf for about six months. So looking ahead to 2020, is the is the goal still the same? Let's let's qualify for the uh, for the Ladies Senior Open. Is, does it all we're doing all we're doing is pushing it back a year? Yes, that's how I'm feeling. There's uh it's just a little detour in the road, Chris. It's it's going to push back, and 2020 sounds like an awesome year anyway. <laughs> That's right. Good for you. So I got to ask you, now Thank you mentioned you. Tom Patry, right? So Tom, you know, Tom uh, and I were communicating prior to the show, and uh, he was telling me how proud he is of you. Talk about the work you're doing with Tom. Oh, Tom's phenomenal. He tell he talks a lot. I tell him that all the time. I say, you know, you talk a lot, but here's here's why he does that when, <laughs> when you're learning from him. I'll tell you. He tells you a story, and what I have always found is the best way to learn a lesson is to hear it told in a story. He's so smart, and he knows this game, and he knows how to make you a player. He doesn't just make you have a, an awesome golf swing or a great short game or, you know, improve your putting. What he does is he makes you a player out there. How do you think? What kind of shots are you going to perform? And, and he ups the level. His curiosity about this game for so many years has absolutely made him one of the best professionals ever. And he's still in search of more and more and more. And that's what makes him so good. He's constantly asking questions. He thinks like he just, he's thinking all the time, how can I do this better? What can I learn? Who can I learn from? Who can I talk to? And anytime he's around anyone that he believes like, he, that he may learn something from, he's asking questions and he's listening. And then he imparts all that knowledge on his students. And he does it in, in such a fun way. So I was having a blast with him. I, I think we've developed a, a bit of a friendship, which is, is really awesome because um, he's a great, great man who loves this game of golf and the whole tradition of it. And, uh, and that all just shines through when he's teaching. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm a huge Tom Patry fan myself. So, Debbie, you do a great job bringing junior golfers in and more women into the game of golf. What are some of the things that you're seeing successful or you're doing successfully that helps keep the juniors and the women energized? Because not only do we want them to come into the game and learn, we want it to be a game for a lifetime. Talk about the success you're having doing that. Make it fun, make it fun, make it fun. When you're working with the women, take the pressure off. They put so much pressure on themselves. I can't even tell you how many times I'll have a woman who's 
who's after work or it's at the weekend and they're working so hard to hit the ball and they're tight and they're swinging so hard at the ball. They've got their sequences all off because everything is just like so much work. <laughs> so I always tell them, I'm like, look, you're not at work right now. You know, it's time to have fun and play. And they just try so hard because they want to do it well and they get in their own way. So often, and with the kids, it's got to be about fun. You don't, you don't want to sit there and get all technical with any kids. And, and parents, let them enjoy it. Let them hit the poor shots. We learn best from when we, like your, your previous guest was awesome about how do you stop them from taking that huge risk? Well, you don't. You let them go make a huge number and let them do that a couple times. That's how we learn best. When it hurts a little, you're going to learn. So that's that's important, and let the kids do that, but let it be fun. I just had a, a clinic tonight, and we had so much fun. I had these, this one lady who was so tense, and I, I was I was trying to help her swing, and I was actually physically trying to get, I'm like, relax, relax. I said, what makes you relax? I said, pretend. She said, wine. I said, all right, pretend we're at the beach, and you have two glasses of wine. And she literally relaxed the moment <laughs> I said that. And um, and then I And then she was able to actually, for the first time in her life, feel the golf club swing instead of her forcing it down to hit the ball. So that was so much fun. I was dancing the hula with one lady who was, she, she was just so abrupt with her hips, like jumping at it. And I'm like, come on, like pretend you're just doing the hula. Let's put some music on a dance and move those hips smoothly. Let's be smooth and move. And all of a sudden our hips started moving smoothly. And we're laughing, we're high-fiving, we're cheering. The ladies were cheering for each other. And, uh, and it, it's the atmosphere that, hey, it's just a game, and you're doing this for recreation and fun. I had a lady the other day, she's like, you know, golf season's coming around, and I always get so tense this time of year. I know I don't really do much in the winter. I just kind of put my clubs away, but now the anxiety is starting. I'm like, wait a minute. You're, you, you play for fun, right? Just in a league. You're not trying to make a living. You know, it, it's okay to hit poor shots out there as long as you have fun, and it was the same thing with her. We had to loosen her up. So much of what I teach um especially amateur women golfers it's it's not the technical stuff this lady that i was just talking about she was actually had had lessons every year and technically she looked good you know if you picked it apart slow motion and you saw the movement but she was so tight on the club it didn't swing so it didn't care it didn't matter what great position she was in if she had the brakes on the whole time with tight hands and shoulders and arms the club wasn't going to do its job anyway. So she got swinging, got looser, and let it go. She said, oh, my gosh, I've never felt that. So I think that's really a huge part. And for teachers to recognize what causes some things, and a lot of times it's anxiety and tension and trying too hard and not trying, you know, not wanting to embarrass ourselves and, and the student getting in their way. And even if you get them in that perfect perfect position are they like what are they feeling what are you seeing as far as tempo and timing and then helping people get out of their way with that um so so that's kind of my my strategy with a lot of these women um my go-to is if they're like i'm not an athlete i'm like would you like to dance and when they say yes i'm like all right great because that's what golf is it's tempo timing rhythm when they say no i'm like oh okay let's find something else <laughs> you know but it's fun yeah. I mean, we need to make this fun it's a game and we want to be welcoming and and get them to laugh at tee it up in the fairway if they're a beginner not playing in a league you know do things that that make it 
I'm more comfortable for people. And Debbie, for for those of us who have you know junior golfers, right? We're the parents of junior golfers. Are are we the problem? Our expectations and what we want, you know, and how we want them to play. Are, are we putting too much pressure on the kids so that it's it, you, know, you talk about it, it's just a game? Are are, is, are we part of the problem? I I would say I would never make a blanket statement like that. I would because I've had some of the most amazing parents who who just watch quietly and cheer and when they see a neat shot that goes up in the air, even ones that aren't great, but hey, look, look, you really held your finish good. I've had many parents like that. I really have. I think when the uh, junior athlete is quite good and, and I, and I've had those as well. And then sometimes starting to play, in some junior tournaments and competing and then all of a sudden they see oh my gosh what we have a star here and then and the possibilities that could happen I, I do definitely believe that happens where there's a big push there's this pressure they some I know of some some kids would like it yelled at if they didn't play well or they had bad holes and it wasn't what Nancy Lopez's dad would ask her after a round and what she asked me after one round when I didn't play very well, she said, did you try your best on every shot? And if the answer is yes, then golly, be proud. Be proud that they tried their best on every shot. And that means getting emotionally ready, mentally ready, feeling confident, letting the last shot go and saying, okay, let me do my best on this shot and one shot. And when you can teach your child to do that, then one, you're going to have a better player on your hands than if they're feeling pressure the whole time and that they know, uh, you know what, if I just do my best every shot, my parents will be proud. And then, you know what, that will happen. We'll hit better shots because now there's no pressure on them. But, yes, I do think, and unfortunately, that happens all too often, And but there are also many parents who who just encourage and – and are proud of the kids for being out there and trying their best. Debbie, switching gears just a little bit, want to get some playing lessons from you. And, and I've got my annual buddies trip coming up here in, uh, in a few weeks. And I, I need some help uh, on, in a couple of different areas. One, with my three-wood off the deck. Right? When you got those fairway shots on a par five, hitting a three-wood right there off the fairway. Too frequently, I'm hitting that shot fat. What do I need to do differently to get better contact? <laughs> Chris, I had I had a challenge with my three wood once a long time ago, and I I had a tendency to top it when when I would miss it and it rolled down the fairway. And um, so I was playing in this one tournament, and the first time I took the three wood out, I to- I cold topped it, and and it was a team event, and I had uh, a partner kind of look at me like, what was that? <laughs> and it rolled. <laughs> this is a professional event. And then there was later in the round, I really wanted to hit three wood again. And I'm like, wow, this is a perfect shot. It's a par five. I get real close. And I, and, uh, I said, I, you know what? I can do this. I said, stay in the moment right here, this club. I've got this. And instead of what I did the first swing because of my past experience with topping it, I, the first swing, I was like, all right, now just stay down and hit the ball. Come on, just really stay down. <laughs> then I topped it. So the next time, and here's, what I think would help you, especially because it'll help you get the clubs through and not bottom out too soon. Think of the target. 
and I changed my thinking and I kept the mantra because I didn't want the doubt to jump in, which sometimes happens unexpectedly. You're like, you know, you think, oh my God, don't top it or don't hit it fast. You know, you don't want that to come in. So what I, what I did in this situation later in the round, I'm over the ball and all I kept saying was target, target, target. I kept that word going in and I focused on target mentally and my visual was of the club swinging through to the target. It wasn't about the ball. It wasn't about hitting the ball at all. And once I got the club swinging through to the target and then letting myself make a, like my, my normal golf swing and trust it, but the mental part about being on target, I started hitting my three wood again very well. And uh, so, so I, that, that'll be the key for you. That's why you have me on the show this time of year, right? Because every time we've done this little playing lesson, you've, you've made money. I'm supposed to get a percent, right. you know. I don't think I've gotten a check in the mail because every time you say you write me and say, you know, that really helped me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that, would, that would work. Get your mind on the target. Look at the ball, but mind is on the target, and you're thinking target. You're swinging through. A great word is finish because if you hit your other shots well, it's not mechanical in your swing. Is that something's going on with that club in your mind? All right. Not so much. Well, let's talk about the other shot. Yeah, let me let's talk about the other shot that causes me some anxiety, and that's the the green side bunker shot. What's the best way to make sure at least I'm getting the ball out of the bunker and onto the green and giving myself an opportunity to save par? Here's 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 the secret. When you get in the bunker, you when you're switching your feet back and forth, you feel like you're dancing and you loosen up and go, "All right, let's just play in the sand. Come on, baby, let's do the twist." <laughs> Um, I say that for fun, but really, one, relax. It's just sand. You know, the pros love it. They're, they're looking, they're, they're looking to hit the ball in the hole, those pros. But absolutely, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make is they don't follow through. They, they, you, you kind of slow down, you get careful. You know, you don't want to skull it and hit too far. You know, all these maybe past experience that might have happened. But hit that sand out of the bunker and truly follow through. I think you saw one of the drills I did on the golf channel, which was hitting some marshmallows out of the bunker. That's right. Which which really helps the confidence of swinging with acceleration through the ball as well. Because um, what are you leaving it in the bunker on some of those? Yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing both things you just talked about. I'm either leaving it in the bunker or I'm you know I'm hitting it way over the green. Okay. All right, so so marshmallows is a good one, but here's the thing: you said it causes me anxiety. You got to get rid of that. And and yep. here's here's something that I suggest you do when you're right when you're over the ball before before you're gonna hit your shot. Look at the hole and go. You know what? This might go in. And when your brain is like, oh my god, we might hit it in the hole. Well, this shot can't be that hard. And I tell you what, I have used that on on challenging shots, and I look up there and I go, you know, this might go in. You know, one of those over a bunker with water on the other side, a tight pin, <laughs> one of those. It's like going the hole. And, then, and then, you know what? This is going to be fun. And, and here's, here's something that happened to me, and I learned it from a, a fellow LPGA professional. We were playing in a team event. Part of it was alternate shot. And we were in a practice round. And I don't know, we were both hitting. And she looked at me at one shot. And she said, you know, Debbie, I am not afraid of any shot out here, so I don't care where you put me. You just swing away, and let's let's not worry about where the ball goes because, you know what, I'm not afraid of anything out here. And I tell wow. you what, Chris, that took my game to a different level of fearlessness 
on the golf course. I was like, you know, she's right. So we made up this hashtag fearless fun. And nice. all of a sudden that was, we'd look at each other and we'd go, fearless fun. And we'd, we'd hit these shots. And, and I played, re- and it was the first tournament I'd played in a couple of years, and, and I really hit the ball great. I felt confident over every shot. And even, you know, she would be out of a hole in, in the best ballpark, and so now I've got to I've got to complete this hole. And, you know, you, you know, when it's a partner thing, you feel that heart beating. And that's not a bad thing when your heart's beating because sometimes it just raises your mental focus a little bit more. You have that extra level of intensity over the shot to focus. And then I'd get ready to putt, and I'd say, fearless fun. And then I'd stroke it so relaxed and easy, and I was making, I was either saving pars or made a couple nice birdies for the team, and and that was the attitude for the entire two-day tournament. So try that one too. Yeah, the shot might go in. Absolutely. Fearless fun. Not afraid of anything out here. This is awesome. And go to thankful. Um, I was playing in in a tournament before I found out about my my hip injury, and I was. I was looking around. I'm like, this is so much fun. How lucky I am to be out here. If you really, if you go to appreciation, you can't feel anxiety. It, they've done the studies on it. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So if you're out there and, and you see the ball go in the greenside bunker, you know, just as you're walking up, go, gosh, you know what? I'm so lucky to be out here. I'm so lucky I have a radio show. I have kids and family, <laughs> and, and I have this game of golf. Wow. Then you go up there and you go, on, baby. Here we go. And it might, you there might not you go. All right. So now I got to get a playing tip from my buddy, Bob, who who doesn't understand the clubs have loft because he's always trying to, on, on the chipping shot, he's always trying to scoop it. And I know you have a great video out on golfpositive.com about scooping those shots. Talk about how we should be avoiding that. Oh, well, remember, I call that scoopy poopy is the way uh, people remember. And I did have one lady, she was in a clinic of mine. I, I ran into her five years later. She goes, oh, you told me about no Scooby Poopy, didn't you? <laughs> so it's, it's a memorable line. As long as I remember, I don't care if I sound like I'm in kindergarten. Uh, anyway, what happens when you do use your wrist, you lift the club head. The club head comes in the air. And where's the ball? The ball's not in the air. The ball's on the ground. So the key is to get the club head to get to the bottom of the ball. And we definitely need to keep those hands nice and quiet out of the shot. And, and truly what happens and why people do this is when they're not confident with a certain shot, you're going to trust the hand that feeds you. Meaning, if you're a right-handed player and you're right-handed and you feed yourself with your right hand, you brush your teeth with your right hand, anytime you have anything that needs to be a coordinated action, you do it with your right hand. So now you step over a shot. You're not real comfortable with it. So righty over here says, step aside. I do everything else for us. I'll hit this shot too. So the key to hitting the shot is your big muscles. Right? We need to use your chest and back and abs and, and rotate that upper body back and then use a little bit of hip. So what I explain to a lot of my students is I ask them a question and I say, what would be more consistent? Because I hear that question. I want to be more consistent. I want to be more consistent. I said, well, what's more consistent, physics or human beings? And they look at me like, huh? I said, physics or human beings? What would be more consistent? What's reliable? Like, well, physics. I said, absolutely. So when you are hitting a chip shot, you want to create a pendulum. 
And the way you best do that is to use your big muscles. Because when you're using that really confident, coordinated one hand to do most of the work and try to hit the ball, that club can go anywhere. That's, that's humanness. That's hand-eye coordination. And you better go hit a thousand or two balls every day to create some consistency if you're going to let your wrist fly all over the place. Because that's a little muscle and it can move the club in different directions. If you're in a good setup, how many directions can you turn your shoulders back? You know, and you'll repeat that movement. How many, how many directions if you turn your hip a little forward? I mean, it's not going to go in five different directions and five different swings. It's going to do the same thing. And then from there, you keep your, the one thing that stays, you know, centered is your head and spine, right? So we just create a pendulum around our head and spine. And now you're playing with physics. And now you're playing with something that's reliable and repeatable because we can trust gravity over and over and over. So what's his name, Bob? Is that his name? Bob. All that's right, Bob. his name. Trust physics. Let's get a little movement in your upper body going back, a little bit of hip, but keep your chest turning through. Great drill for you is take an alignment stick and put it on the, uh, the lead side under that lead arm. But you're not holding it. It's just flying free, but you're going to grip the alignment stick with your golf club. I call it the magic stick because if you go through that and you're scoopy, the stick will hit you right in your ribs and it really doesn't feel good. So that <laughs> stick will hit you and it'll remind you to not scoop the ball. Don't be scoopy poopy. Plus, you know, I'm sure Bob doesn't want to be called scoopy poopy. So we take that stick and we put it there. If, if the stick doesn't hurt you, it doesn't hit you at all, you're doing it great. And that ball will pop in the air and get on the green. Let the club do the work. Trust physics. Let the club swing back and through. Use your big, reliable muscles. Debbie, before we let you go, you have a wonderful book out on Amazon.com called Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. Talk about what people are going to learn when they pick up your book. Oh, it's it's really fun because there's many stories in it. I have stories about playing golf with Nancy Lopez and some of my experiences with golf and experiences in life. And as I said, I, I really enjoy reading books with stories that teach a lesson. And that's how I love to write a book with stories. And, and what it is, you know, the golf lessons will be there. Uh, Bob, you better order it uh, because I think that drill <laughs> is in there too. So Bob can learn his chipping. But then what I do is I say, now, in life, that's a short shot in golf. And in life, it's important to set short-term goals. So then I talk about short-term goals to go along with the chapter about chipping, the little shot. And then when I talk about pitching, you know, I teach that shot, how to hit the ball in the air and get it over something. And then the question for life is, how well do you get over obstacles in life? And then there's that, the rest of the chapter is all about getting over obstacles in your own life. And it's all research-based, and it's strategies and formulas that I've learned about, that I've put into my life that have worked, that I've taught people, and I've seen the success of it. So for the golf part, as well as the life part, you'll learn lessons. It'll be a fun way to learn. There's stories in there. And I, I just, it, the, the response I've gotten from people has been, really neat, very positive about it, enjoy. My aunt was so funny. She said, I haven't read a book 
and so on. So I figured I had to read yours, and I thought I'd read a few pages to tell you I read it. She said, I read the whole thing, even the part, the golf part, and I'm not really golfing anymore. I mean, she was shocked at herself that she got into it and really enjoyed it. Um, and my dad even read it. My dad read the whole book. I was like, you did? And he said, yeah. I read it. Oh, man, those stories were great. He's like, wow, I'm proud of you. That was really good. I, I really liked your book. So that was that was fun. You know, you, even though you kind of hope your family reads it, it was it was nice to hear those comments from them. But non-family members have actually read it, Chris. I've sold more than two copies, so that's good. Um, <laughs> and and I've gotten positive responses too. I think I think people will enjoy it and and put the lessons, especially those life lessons. It's all about gosh, waking up with with some joy and passion and and appreciating life and living every moment. Because, you know, Chris, we're all going to go through hard times, especially if we're caring, loving people. Hard times will happen. We can't avoid them because if you care about people, you know, someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to pass away that we love or accidents will happen. So if, if between those times you can enjoy every moment, you're living a great life. Speaking of great, you are great. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. Let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, both online and on social Sure. Media. Oh, yeah, on both. Okay, so on, on Facebook, I do an In Motion Monday, live Monday morning. It's about three minutes or less video, and it's a little tip for the week to get you going. Friday is Fun Friday. So I try to make that that lesson a little more fun and a fun thing to do over the weekend. But uh, that's been that's been a fun thing I've done for a long time. And uh, and I've run into people who never comment, never hit like on it, and they'll be like, "Hey, I like those videos you do." So it's really fun to hear that feedback too. But uh, so that's on Facebook. Debbie O'Connell is there, and then on Twitter, I actually have two. I have a Golf Positive and I have a Live Positive Inc. I think I got there. On Twitter, I'm live positive. Um, let's see. They're the main, I'm on LinkedIn as well for the business. I'm doing lots of corporate work. I do run the corporate outings. I'm doing corporate speaking engagements. I'm doing um, team building, leadership. I just got my John Maxwell certification for coaching, training, and, and speaking, which was a phenomenal time. And, and he's incredible. He's written over 72 books, I believe on leadership and personal empowerment and, and personal growth. And it was a joy to learn from him and his staff who are amazing. And uh, being certified there is, is uh, it was such a privilege and, and honor to learn from that group. And then to say I'm certified and be certified and continue learning from them is phenomenal as well. So in LinkedIn, Debbie O'Connell. Um, I know there's probably a lot of Debbie O'Connells. I don't know. How, how do you search that better? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Online, right now I have two separate sites. I have the Golf Positive and the Live Positive, but pretty soon I have a new website launching. I've been working on it for a long time. I'm excited to be launching that soon. I don't have the actual launch date, but it's pretty close to being ready, and that's where everything will be housed under one website. Uh, but anything golf positive, live positive, my name should some, come up and you should be able to find me. And, and I'd love it. I'd love uh, for people to to follow me, friend me, tweet with me, all that good stuff. Uh, I, I try to get on all of that as much as possible. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to come back. Ten great visits, and I'm already looking Woo! forward to number 11. I hope that comes up oh, very soon, awesome. my friend. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. You are, you're the best. It's been a pleasure. 
Nah, thank you, Debbie. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Good luck in your tour, your 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 trip with your buddies. <laughs> ah, I appreciate you. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure. Send me a check. Based this on time. your tips, I'll shave a couple of strokes. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet. All right, Chris. Have a great See night. You, Debbie. Bye bye. You too. Bye. That is the great Debbie O'Connell, golf positive. And as, yeah, as you can tell, and as I say every time she joins me, my cheeks hurt so much because she makes me smile and laugh so much during the segment. Everything about Debbie oozes positivity, and it's uh, it's an inspiration to, uh, hey, first of all, to talk to her and have her on the show. And then you know, when you check out her videos on the Facebook Live stuff that she's doing, you check out her videos, and if you go to YouTube, you can find a lot of stuff there. And as you know, she links back from her website over to there as well. So everything about her is positive and getting you to enjoy and have fun out on the uh, on the golf course. Just like she said at the top, right? It's just a game, right? Let's have some fun with it. And uh, she is uh, the best teacher with respect to that. Uh, you know, technically she's sound, and then from a from an emotional and stress perspective, she's absolutely outstanding. And uh, hopefully, uh, I'll be shaving some strokes off with that three wood and the and the sand shot as well. But ten times can't thank her enough. And looking forward to number eleven. Hopefully, that's very soon. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out to Perry French, Mark Wiebe, and Debbie O'Connell as well for joining me tonight. Give me your thoughts, please. Check out our page, Next on the Team with Chris Mascara. Also there on Facebook, give me your comments. Give me a like. That's very important to me. And plus, if you've got a question for one of our future or our previous guests, let me know. I'd be glad to uh, get that question answered for you. Check out our sister show on the football side. It's called Thursday Night Tailgate with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio or that show like this one available as a free podcast over on. You can find it just about anywhere you can consume podcasts. We're on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, and uh, just you know, again, just about any place that you can consume a podcast, you'll find us on there as well. Please check out this show online, ThursdayNightTailgate.com and NextOnTheT.net for this show, ThursdayNightTailgate.com for the football show. Uh, we've got those two websites as well. And again, we're linking back over to our uh, our site over on Podbean there. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for either show for free that way. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the T part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. It's all about